In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. When someone tells us a fish tale, we usually know that it means they're telling us a story that probably didn't happen. Or if they tell us a a fish tale, at, at least they're telling us a story that maybe didn't happen exactly the way they're telling it, that it's been embellished or expanded or stretched in some way. But today's gospel has in it a fish tale of sorts, but it's a fish tale not because it's untrue, but because it's almost too good to be true. In this fish tale, Peter gets a second chance. And this means that we too are given a second chance, a third chance, a fourth, a fifth, infinitesimal chances in God's grace. In today's gospel, Jesus appears in the work of the disciples. He appears first as a wise fisherman with advice for just where to put the net in. But secondly, he appears almost as a kind of short order savior. Jesus at the Galilee grill, cooking a meal for his friends. And in so doing, sharing with them the fullness of God's mercy, the fullness of God's bounty. God provides much more than breakfast. God gives even more than the stuff of another good fish tale for the disciples to hand on through history and to us. Especially if we look at Simon Peter, we see the absolute extravagance of God's provision. God provides again and again and again. Remember the last time we talked about Simon Peter? It was on Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday. The disciples had been gathered in the upper room for the Passover meal, and just before the meal, Jesus pours water in a basin and wants to wash his disciples' feet. Remember, it was Simon Peter who said, No, Lord, you can't wash my feet. You can't serve me. But Jesus pulled him along and said, no, no, you need to understand. Everything we're doing is about service, and I'm going to model it now. Later that night, Jesus was arrested and taken from the Garden of Gethsemane, where Simon Peter and the other disciples had fallen asleep. But soon thereafter, Simon Peter is by a fire getting warm. Someone asks, aren't you one of them? Aren't you one of those who was following Jesus? You look like him. And Simon Peter says, no. Again, someone asks him, he says, no. He rejects, he disowns, he plays it safe to cover himself and to pretend there, was this never, there never was this claim of Jesus on his heart. Three times, Peter denies Jesus. And so what we have in today's gospel is is the ultimate redo. Simon Peter is given three opportunities again, not to deny, but to affirm, to put his hand in Jesus, to follow Jesus in a new way. 
We don't know what really has happened to St. Peter between that time and what happens in today's gospel. Maybe he just went fishing, like the gospel implies. The church knows St. Peter. We, we talk about St. Peter. I don't know about you, but that that St. Peter who's carved in marble, who's full of faith, who's all over important places in Rome and elsewhere, that St. Peter I have a hard time relating to. But the Peter in the scriptures, this Peter... Uh, Simon Peter, whose faith one minute allows him to walk on water towards Jesus, and the next minute he he forgets and falls into the water. That Peter I can relate to. It's that Peter we see again in today's gospel. It's been a week or so, and Peter is back to fishing. Fishing provides a way and a, an additional way of, of looking for him, him to get back to life as he understands it, back to normal, back to work. I can imagine Peter thinking, let God sort out all of this complicated stuff. In the meantime, this is what I know and this is what I'll do. Except that that's not working out very well. The fish aren't biting. It's as though creation itself refuses to cooperate with Peter's own will. Creation, the water, the fish, the wind are all sort of teaming up against Peter. As if to say, no, Peter, you've got to sort some other things out first. And so a new day begins to break. The sun is just about to come up. And the disciples see this form on the beach. As so often happens in these resurrection appearances, the disciples don't notice right away who it is. But this person says with some authority, with some knowledge, throw the net in on the other side. The disciples throw the net in and suddenly they feel the weight of so many fish they can barely haul them in. John says to Peter, it's the Lord. He begins to recognize. And so when Simon Peter hears this, he he gets himself together and he jumps in the water and he swims to shore to see for himself what seems too good to be true, too fantastic, too forgiving, too much of God's grace. And yet there's Jesus It's almost like a second baptism for Peter to jump in the water like this. The old is washed away. The new has come. Uh, Peter, in a way, is buried with, with the death of Christ. And Peter is lifted up again to share in the resurrection of Christ. Gone is the doubt. Gone is the fear. Gone is the denial. And so Peter himself becomes like a little kid again, like a little child with a, with a light heart, with a ready faith, refreshed and renewed. Come and have breakfast, Jesus says. As if to say, everything is forgotten. Your denial, your betrayal, your lack of faith, it's all forgotten. Let's just eat together. The other disciples hear echoes of take, eat, and they remember that upper room, take, eat, this is my body. And so another meal is shared, new life is shared, tasted and savored. This meal provides for the kind of intimacy and honesty in which Jesus can pull Peter aside and ask him those three questions. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, he says. 
And Jesus says again, do you love me? Yes, again, he replies. And Jesus a third time says, do you really love me? And Peter being oh so human, forgetting his doubt, forgetting his betrayal, wondering why Jesus even questions his love, feels a little hurt. And then everything is made clear. Jesus says, feed my sheep and follow me. Three times, three times, it fixes, it undoes, it recapitulates those three denials of Peter. The church reenacts this threeness during Holy Week. And in many churches around the world, uh, before the veneration of the cross on Good Friday, the cross is brought into the church. And at three places, someone carrying the cross says, Behold the wood of the cross on which hangs the salvation of the world. Those three stations of the cross are then again repeated at the Easter Vigil with a new light with the Paschal candle as it's brought in in those same three places. The light of Christ is shown for all. The light of Christ, thanks be to God. Whether in patterns of three or four or a hundred, God provides occasions in our lives just like God did with Simon Peter so that we get another chance I once saw a sign in a friend's office that said, O God of second chances and new beginnings, here I am again. And so here we are again. Tom Long was a preaching professor of mine. He's written a bunch of books and he likes to say that faith is not so much an experience or a feeling or an emotion It's not simply some kind of vague awareness of something greater than ourselves. Instead, Tom says, faith is a skill. Faith is a skill to be taught and developed and practiced. Faith is something to be done in the world. And the world awaits our doing. Jesus says, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. In other words, care for one another, show love to one another, especially the stranger and the misfit. Search out for the lonely and the forgotten, the poor and the sick, and follow me, Jesus says. Like with Peter, God gives us second chances For the one among us who becomes so engrossed in work as to forget the gifts of family, God gives another chance. For the one who walks by the person in need, God gives another chance. For the one who has to have the final word and never buckles under to another, God gives another chance. To the ones whose relationship is more mundane than magic, God provides. For the one who is angry or disappointed or who's stuck in shame, who's obsessed with regret, or who's lost faith in a world of abuse and violence and bombs and shootings and bloodshed, God provides another chance, another, a third, a fourth, more than we can count. Whether this is for you the second chance or the two thousandth chance, 
May the Spirit allow you to accept the grace that God would grant you, to receive the forgiveness and embrace the welcome. Throw your life into the life of Christ again. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.